Welcome back to all of our listeners, and uh, we're delighted to have Ali Murray with us today, who is a trustee and chair of the Fife Family History Society. Um, it's uh, great to have you along, Ali, and um, thanks very much for, for agreeing to be our next uh, victim, I mean volunteer, of the, uh, of the podcast. And um, today is just about having a chat about the society, about your your work in it, about you becoming involved in it, um, but a lot of people will know you in, in, in and around Cooper from all the things that you've been involved in over the years. So, so welcome to the Cooper Now podcast. Thanks, Simon. Um, the society, I know you've done lots of other things, but this, this, the main focus on this is on the society. I was reading some of the information that you kindly shared with me, but also looking online. Um, a number of people will know of the Five Family History Society. Um, I came across it through the work that we've been doing with Cooper now, and we featured some of the, the work that you're doing on our blog. So the society was founded, was it in 1989? Is that when it started, I think? Yep, that's correct, 1989. Yep, so it's been going a few years. We had our 30th anniversary the year before last, so yeah. <laughs> year before lockdown. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. But the last time we were all together, which was quite sad, but we had a good day out. We went to Lindor's Abbey Distillery and uh, had a tour and a wee sample or two. So it's that's a very fun. good day out. That's a very good day out. And and you became involved when? How long how long ago did you become involved with the society? I was trying to work that out. It's over ten years. Um, I just was asked along to. Well, I became a member first at a family history fair. And then I was asked along to join in an AGM, which I was very reluctant to do because I didn't want any office bearing position. I didn't want responsibility. And I came out being the minute secretary. So that's how it all started for me. <laughs> yeah, you get, we, we can all get dragged into things unknowingly, can't we? <laughs> and I think, I think on the, um, the notes that you share with me, as, as you told me, um, your parents' ancestors were from Fife. So there was a bit of a uh, a family wish to, to be involved and in using the society's channels, for want of a better phrase. Well, that was the really strange thing because before I moved to Fife, I didn't know I had Fife ancestors. And it wasn't until after I got here that I really started to get involved in my own family history, which was really the reason that I joined the society in the first place. So, of course, you know, I've been able to take full use of all the resources that we've got in the society itself, you know, all the books and all the publications and things, and they've been really useful. Um, and I actually have got quite a lot of Fife ancestors. So, yeah, very different in degrees of what they did and who they were, etc. I won't go into that too much at the moment. <laughs> well, I liked, I liked on, uh, I know you told me before, you know, you have people using the society's facilities, obviously pre, pre all that we've been through with COVID, um, you know, face to face, but, uh, but now uh, increasingly online. The, you know, the fact that people often come to you with, with part of the history that they've tried to work out themselves and perhaps it's not, it's not all that it's, it's, it's meant to be. And uh, I think you use the phrase that you have to let them down gently sometimes because um, I don't know whether that's a, whether they're over-egging it in terms of sort of associating themselves with the, uh, with the, the high society, or perhaps at the other end of the other end of the spectrum, but um, yeah, so you must you must come come across some great stories from people. Yes, we do. Um, there's some really quite funny things as well as being quite sad, but we come across things where people have they've gone on to use Ancestry online, and a lot of people have put their own trees online. So they've gone in and they've looked at someone else's tree, and it might not be accurate. So. 
always check your source of information. You know, where's it come from before you add that information to your own. Um, folk can go off on a tangent. You know, they've maybe got a line of James Browns and suddenly they've got a Robert Brown, but they say, well, he can't be mine because they're all called James. And there's ridiculous things. People try and make things fit. Um, without mentioning any names, of course, we had one person who had this particular person who was of note in their family history and had had for quite some time. And unfortunately, um, I had to let her down gently by saying, well, no, he didn't have any wife or issue, as in children. Um, he's actually not yours. Uh, and I showed her all the documentation and all the sources, et cetera, et cetera. And she said to me, well, you know, I feel like I know him. I've had him in my tree quite a long time, so I'll, I'll keep him there for the time being. <laughs> he was adopted. <laughs> and I like that. Adopted into the family tree. That's, that's, a, that's a novel approach. Yeah, that's very good. You, you mentioned but you before you were in, in Fife, um, you, I think you were in Edinburgh, weren't you? Is that right? Yeah, I was born in Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and worked in a very different world in terms of the work that you did there. Yeah, well, I did. Um, I was in hospitality. Uh, I, I wanted to train to be a chef, actually, to start off with. Um, and then I went off on a wee tangent myself and I ended up uh, starting up an outside catering business and delicatessen. Uh, the deli was really the main part of the business. And obviously, you know, people would come in and say, do you do outside catering? And I thought, well, why not? I can cook, I can do outside catering. So um, that was my business for five years. I sold it as a going concern mainly because I was really stopping to have a family, which I went on to do quite successfully and had four. <laughs> and I know, I know you then went into um, working as a constituency researcher, but as Cooper now is completely apolitical in everything we ever, ever do, and I think that's the wisest, uh, wisest thing is to avoid politics at all costs. So that was, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on from that. And then since then, you've been involved in an awful lot of volunteering, haven't you? Yeah, I, having four children and spread around the town and involved in different, you know, brownies and guides and all sorts of things, after school clubs and um, yeah, things have just kind of come along and I've been there at the right place at the right time, or maybe the wrong place at the right time. Um, so yeah, and I'm a people person. I, I love people and getting on and chatting, as you can tell, and um, where my children benefit from something, I just felt that I wanted to put something back, you know, and if that meant a few hours a week or whatever, then that's what I wanted to do. Sure, and the, the, I, I know from the work that we do um, in and around Cooper, Cooper has a huge wealth of different community organisations, clubs, societies, everything. Um, and in fact, if anyone listening to this wants to check it out on the coopernow.blog um, is, a, is a link to our community directory. And I think we're up to 83 or 84 different organisations that are in Cooper. So it's a, it's a phenomenal um, bank of community assets and people and volunteers and organisations that, uh, that all step up to the plate and give of their time to, to help the town and all those people in it so it's a it's a it's an amazing town from that perspective you're you, you've been involved in a number of different ones and I, I, I also from your notes that you were voted on for the community council back in 96 is that right yeah I'm sure it was 96 um after decentralization they had a well a kind of a, a recruitment drive I suppose to try and get community councils up and running again and so there was a, an election 
Um, so I put my name forward for it and I got voted in. So I was on for a year. Um, I actually took over as secretary from Flo Johnson. I don't know, some of your listeners will remember Flo. She was quite a well-known character in, in Cooper. In fact, uh, so was her walking stick because she used to launch it into the middle of the road to stop all the traffic so she could cross over. So brilliant character. And I learned a lot from her, actually. She, we went through quite a lot of evenings where after the community council meeting, I'd be held captive in my car for about two hours while she blethered on. But she was a lovely lady. And um, yeah, she was on the council for quite a long time. Uh, I really gave up because I discovered that number four baby was on its way. So, you know, I felt really it was time to step back. And, and now your, your four children themselves are producing the next generation. So in terms of the, the family history, it keeps, uh, it's all connected. And uh, because you, you have a number of grandchildren now, is that right? I do. Uh, I added a new grandson on the 12th of this month, which is not long ago. Um, I've got two other grandchildren, one in Cooper and one in the Borders. They're both two years old. Uh, it's been really tough during lockdown, like lots of people not being able to see them. Uh, they are FaceTime pros, the two older ones. They are just fantastic. They'll come and chat away on, you know, mum's tablet or whatever. Um, they just seem unfazed by it all. You know, they don't know anything different, you know. No, we're well, I know before we started this recording, we were just having a quick chat. And, you know, the last time I think we met up was when I visited um, the society um, in your in your place within Cooper Library. And all of your plans then were around uh, digitization of, of records and all the work that that entailed. And who could have realized that we were about to plunge ourselves into um, the, the fastest fast forward in terms of digital connectivity that everybody's experienced ever um, in the last 12 months where everything, everything has been reliant on, on digital and left, right and centre. So I know you've done some great work um, with the society on, on that. Just, just tell our listeners a little bit about the work that has gone on in terms of trying to put, put the records that you have on, onto digital formats. Okay, well... Um... Over the years, our volunteers have put together publications, that's what we call them, uh, trolled records, transcribed them, they've been put in booklet form. Then later on, when the technology changed, um, these publications were put onto CDs. Uh, we've now realised that going on again in this digital world that we're in, that CDs are going to be obsolete quite soon, and we were looking at new ways of providing that information for people to access either on our website or to digitally download from our shop. So we deconstructed the CDs, which are in effect, they're PDFs. Um, so that now we've in our shop, we've not digitized everything. I mean, we'll never be able to digitize everything we've got, but we've concentrated on our own publications and we've got more than half of them now in the shop available to download. Um, so you can go onto the website, you can see what's there. Um, it's they're, they're kind of being deconstructed so you can you can get a couple of parishes here or a couple of parishes there. There's nonconformist baptisms which until very recently and actually some of ours I don't think are online anywhere else so you know some of the things are unique to the history society because it's an area that we've worked on with our volunteers. 
Uh, we've also been working with Find My Past, and um, if people are familiar with that, it's an online genealogy website. Mm -hmm. uh, Find My Past is owned uh, by DC Thompson, which is Dundee firm. And we've been working with them on record sets such as our death index, which is over 250,000 records of burials and deaths pre-1855 in Fife. Um, 1855 was a sort of pivotal year in that that was the year that registration became statutory. So you had to, by law, register your births, marriages and deaths. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of information and it's massive amount of, of information that we had on a CD, which sold very, very well. And we were looking for ways of how we could provide that digitally. And so we've now added that to our website in our members area. So if you're a member of the society, you've got free access to that huge database mm -hmm. of pre-1855 burials. Um, Find My Past also have that database and they have it for their subscribers so that you can go in and you can search. So you can search their index for free. If you want to look at any images, you have to subscribe. Yeah. So it's on there as well as the five calendar of convicts, which we brought out uh, in 2018, I think it was. Andrew Campbell, who was our editor at the time, he spent years, 20 years or more, putting this together. It's an index of convicts between 1719, sorry, 1790 and 1880. Um, and along with that, there's, there's other extracts from newspaper articles, there's some genealogies, uh, you'll maybe find there was a father and son that were a pair of rogues and they worked together. So it's a really very interesting piece of information. Um, so that's also on Find My Past. And in return, we receive a small financial royalty, which in turn each month comes in and we then reinvest that to help provide more records. So it's been a really worthwhile exercise. And, you know, we were just so pleased that we managed to do this before lockdown because it has meant that despite the fact our shop where we post out books and publications, we're not able to operate that at the moment because we can't get access to the stock. But our shop is ticking over with the digital downloads. Yeah, uh, which is brilliant. yeah that's really good. And I know you also used digital to good effect um, in your time uh, as, as chair, but looking at um, bringing other people on board, a social media campaign to find new volunteers as well as new trustees. Um, and that's great to hear because it's a, it's, it's good to see different organizations using digital in that way. Um, and I, this is, this isn't necessarily meant about the society, but I'm, I'm fully aware of lots of organizations who probably pre 2020 uh, were not engaged at all on any digital channels and now really embrace them. Um, and I think from a perspective of sharing information and enabling people to find out more information, um, whatever that information might be about, about Cooper and the, the area around it is a real, is a real plus. On, on that, and I know, I think the last time I was in, um, which was just before lockdown, I think I was in just before lockdown, and I'm pretty convinced there was a, it was a family in or a couple a couple in who are in, in from australia um where's the where's the furthest flung members that you've got of your society how far afield is your membership uh, it's massive um uh, geographically we're all over the world yeah. um now well 
Papua New Guinea, we've got Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the usual places. There's some quite obscure ones. Uh, had I known you were going to ask me that question, I would have had a good look. Um, we started recently recording where our membership is coming from. All of our membership is done online. It's all done digitally. Yeah. So we don't deal with paper forms or anything like that anymore. But we've added a field to the membership um, application form, if you like, to see, well, where are you? Um, because we wanted to know, what, are, are there particular areas that we should maybe try and attract? Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a large following in, in Australia, New Zealand, Canada and the USA, uh, which is brilliant. And we do get a lot of visitors from there. Mm. Obviously, during lockdown, we haven't been able to have any visitors. But we did do a Zoom call with two cousins in Australia with our research coordinator, Ian. Um, he did some detective work for them and discovered a, a grave of an ancestor of theirs that she had some terrible tale. I won't go into it all, but it was so sad. And they were just desperately wanting to pay their last respects kind of thing. And they didn't know where she was buried. Well, Ian found out, they marked the grave. He went and took photographs. And um, during a recent little uh, appearance on BBC Scotland, where we were interviewed, um, the presenter at the time decided that it would be a nice idea to start up a, a Zoom call with them. So the following day after the filming with us and Cooper, um, they set up a Zoom and a chat. And so they were able to sort of see each other at least and interact with each other. That's really good. And it was brilliant. So we're thinking about this could be something we will include in the future for people who can't get across here for whatever reason. I so, think that's a, no, that's a really that's really good to hear. I know I know from well, and I'll tell you what, here's a here's a here's a promise from Cooper now. It'd be great to do a blog piece specifically on how far afield your membership is. That would be good. That would be something we could do in the coming weeks or months or whatever. That would be good. So we'll we'll pick up on this after the after the podcast. But I know from the analytics from our from our blog um, we've used the line recently that the sun never sets on Cooper now because we have we have readers of the blog in every time zone right the way around the world, which is, uh, you know, when we when we started out on this on this project, um, you know, it was it would have been great to have had that as an aspiration, but to, to actually see it happening and see people reading about what's going on in Cooper, as you say, from all over the world. And we've got we've got readers in parts of Africa and South America and even in Russia now it's it's extraordinary how the, the word gets out there. Um, and that's only really been accelerated, I think, by all the challenges that we faced in the last in the last year. So it's out of out of every adversity comes an opportunity. And I think that's really, uh, really happened as a result of um, all that all that has uh, taken taken place. But I know you've been really keen to to embrace those changes within the society. But you're also making some some additional changes. So at the moment, you're a charity, but you're looking to become a, a SCIO, a, a Scottish Charitable Incorporated Organisation. What's the what's the thinking behind that? And just um, where's that taking the society? Um, in 2007, our constitution or our governing document uh, was written. That was that's the last time it was refreshed and updated we became aware that really um, that governing document is not really up to speed for the 21st century. And so we looked at ways of, you know, amending that, how we could go about changing things. And so we worked very closely with Five Voluntary Action. Um, they've been absolutely brilliant, despite the fact that they've been completely overwhelmed at the beginning, helping out with various uh, initiatives to do with COVID. 
Um, we've gone through, uh, well, instead of having two A4 size pages of governing document, I think we're up to 23 pages and about 136 clauses, which as Helen at Five Ball Interaction tells us, uh, if we don't have it in the document, we can't do it. It doesn't mean we have to use it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've got things now that um, we wouldn't have thought about before. And now we've got volunteers, we've got volunteer policies and things. We have to have um, things in place to just safeguard the, the safety of the charity and also to protect the trustees. So we've made that adjustment during lockdown, the applications away. When it comes back, hopefully we will um, continue to work as Fife Family History Society, but we will have SKEO in brackets after our name. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all to do with the charity regulations. No, that's really good. It's obviously an evolving process, society, organisation and, and things are moving forward. You, 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 some of the information that you shared with me, um, we asked, you know, we ask everybody that's on the podcast where they see themselves in a, in a, in a few years time. You've touched on a couple of things. Volunteers are working on the history of some of Cooper's houses and mansions. So that's something that's uh, that's coming up. And also um, a project called the Galloway Collection. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those two areas? Yeah, a chap called Glenn Galloway, he contacted me oh, before lockdown. <laughs> uh, he has a collection that belonged to his father. Uh, his father being a Mr. Galloway, and I've forgotten his first name, which is dreadful of me. Uh, the father had for about 50 years been researching his gallery connections in Fife and Glenn got in touch and said look I've got four boxes of stuff I don't know what to do with it uh, I'm moving house I don't have room for it I'd like it to be kept together because that was my father's wish he'd like it to go to someone who look after it so after consideration we said right this could be a project so we have no idea what are in these boxes uh, they were meant to be delivered just before lockdown. Of course, that's not happened. Um, thinking about what could possibly be in the boxes and how to look after them, I got in touch with a lady who's a retired archivist who was going to come on board and we were going to have a project group put together uh, and basically start on a box at a time, uh, looking at what's there, possibly cataloguing. I think that will probably go hand in hand. And then when we have a list or catalogue and we know what we're doing with everything, that will then be donated to the Fife Archive. They don't have the resources at the moment to do that, so we thought we would do that for them. And that means that Mr Galloway will have his wish, you know, his collection will be kept together and the catalogue will go online, most likely on our website with a link to the Fife Archive so that people will be able to look online and say, oh, they've got that, or they, you know, there's a, a whole pedigree of galleries that lived in Tricordi or, you know, that kind of thing. So we were looking forward to that and it was going to be quite a challenge, but we were all well, willing and enthusiastic. And um, so hopefully it won't be too long before we get You'll be back on it soon. You'll be back on it soon. That's the, that's the pledge. I, there's, there's so many things that the society delves into and looks at and sorts out. And I know from the from the space that you have um, in in Cooper Library, you've got a whole wealth of, um, you know, resources and records and books and every. I mean, it's just phenomenal in terms of what you can what you can draw on. And so, if anybody's listening and, and has never been um, been to to see the society, it's it's well worth a visit. Your your work itself, and you've been you've been involved for some time now. What's I think probably got a sense of this, but what's the most rewarding parts? Of being involved? 
Oh, definitely the people's reactions. Um, you know, somebody will walk in and you just don't know what they're going to look for or ask you for. They don't know what to expect. You, you get chatting. Um, sometimes it's connections that we've already dealt with and we, we can go and put our hand to family history that we've been donated that's in our archive and let them look through it and see if there's connections or records or anything they can use. But it's when they have been looking for something for say 20 years and they've just hit a brick wall. They come into us and because we know where to look and we hit on it right away and hand them the result, they are completely blown away. I mean, they're just doing happy dances around the library, you know. Um, even a simple thing like Ancestry, if, if people are familiar with it, it's a search engine, you put in your criteria, you hit search, and quite often you get so many results, it's impossible to start narrowing it down. Um, there are ways of doing that, of course. And we had one lady who said, oh yes, I've been using Ancestry for about five years, but I've not found this record. And I said to her, well, come over to the PC. And in all five libraries, there's free access to Ancestry. So she came over and we got started in. And I said, right, what do you know? And she told me. And I said, now click that little box there. She said, it says exact. And I said, well, if you're telling me you know that that is exactly the, what the information is, click that box. So we put all the right things in, clicked all the boxes, and I crossed my fingers and everything <laughs> She pressed search and up came the answer and it was correct. It was exactly what she'd been looking for for all those years. So it's rewarding. And you go home and you can tell people like my husband, I probably bore him to tears half the time, but you know, he can see I'm enthusiastic and he sees how happy it makes me to make other people happy. So that's yeah, I think I think delving into delving into family history stuff is fascinating. I've done a little 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 bit of it uh, with my own family. Um, uh, you, you use the phrase hitting, hitting a brick wall. I've certainly done that with one side of my family where my grandmother was uh, of surname of Smith. It makes it quite a challenge when you start trying to search Smiths uh, in uh, living in London at the end of the 1800s. It's quite a, it's quite a challenge because there were quite a few of them. So, um, but, it's, but it's great fun. It's great fun doing some digging and delving and trying to find out uh, a little bit about it and then, then trying to connect those up with you know maybe some old documents that you've got in the family or sitting up in a box in the attic or whatever and start so it's a bit of a puzzle um you know you find yourself uh, i think a blog piece that we did about you was around the you know the almost citing you as detectives looking back and sort of digging through the, the history of things and trying to piece piece the casework together yeah that's right and i think detective work yeah and a process of elimination in a lot of cases as well. You know, like your Smiths, I was once asked to do a family history for Smiths and thankfully there was only one Smith. And then it went to a really unusual name, which was brilliant because it really- <laughs> That's a big plus. <laughs> so, yeah, I was so relieved because I thought, oh, this could take some time, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. No, that's very good. I know, um, I know you've got you talked about the plans that you've got coming up. Um, where where are you at in terms of the society, in terms of um, being open, people being able to visit, and and so on and so forth? What 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 plans are there? Okay, well, we kind of work in partnership with Five Cultural Trust, and they run the libraries, including Cooper. Um, at the moment, they are having to try and reintroduce their own customers, if you like, back into the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, they've had to do an extensive risk assessment. And honestly, I've seen it, it would just make your eyes water. So they really need to integrate their own people back first and make sure it's safe. We're housed in the first floor in the Duncan Institute, which is upstairs 
uh, it's accessible by a, a disabled ramp, which they're currently using as an in and out. So mm -hmm. you're not using the downstairs in and out because that's one way system downstairs. It's all going to depend on how many bodies we can have inside that room. Mm -hmm. um, we have a local studies officer in the library, Andrea, and she works certain days a week. So she's got bookable appointments where you can go in and look at local studies with Andrea and they're totally separate from what we do. So at the moment we're dependent on them and it's not looking like anytime soon. We are currently still working away in the background. Um, our inquiries through our website have increased by 50% since lockdown, which is huge. Um, our membership has also gone up by 28% this year. So there's That's a really lot good news. On. That's really good news. And for, for anybody listening, so your, your website is fifehs.org. That's correct, yeah? That's correct. FHS is Family History Society. Yeah, so, so fifehs.org if anyone's yeah. looking to, to search. But you're also on, the, the society is also on Facebook and Twitter. Absolutely. Um, I started them up a number of years ago. Uh, Facebook was quite challenging to start off with zero followers, but we're now just over 3,700, which isn't bad for a, a history no, that's society. very good, very good. Um, and again, I, I, bet, I, bet, I bet they're, they're, they're all points northeast, south and west as well, which is good, which, which would be good to see. We keep it quite close. Um, we've not got a group. A groups can go absolutely bananas. Yeah. Uh, as it turns out, I had to turn off notifications from our Facebook page because the 24-7 thing, you know, I'd be lying in bed at three o'clock in the morning and <laughs> ping, in would come. You somebody know, somebody from Melbourne me. in Australia saying, I'm trying to find my great-grandfather. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, going back to the website, if anyone's interested in finding out what we've got, it's all referenced, so you can't borrow it. You've got to come in and have a look at it. And when we get back, um, we'd be happy to look anything out for you before you visit. On the website, under library, I think it is, um, we have a stock list of everything that we hold and all the code numbers it's under. It's um, catalogued in the library system because it's also included in the library's website. Uh, so it's, it's quite nice if you're a, a library user, you can go into their catalogue and you can find our books. So that's, that's a handy thing um, to have a look at. We have got extra books that we've been donated that we've not got in the catalogue, so we're hoping to get that updated as soon as we can. And if people want to get in touch, they can get in touch through any of those means, through any of those channels, either through the website or through Facebook or through Twitter. Um, and I notice, I know on the on the um, on the website again, you've got information about how people can donate to the society if they'd like to, to support the work that you're doing as well. So there's a there's a donation link on there as well. Yes, there is. And, you know, people are, might not want to join because they've just got a query and we've answered the query and they said, oh, thanks very much. I'd like to make a wee donation. Yeah, so that's great. very nice. Yeah. Um, joining is very easy. You just go onto the website, fill out the form, you can pay by, it's via PayPal, but you don't have to have a PayPal account. So you yeah. can use a debit or credit card. Um, and the £10 a year gives you quite a lot of benefits. So that's all on the website too. You can check that out. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, one thing I, I'm just scanning through my notes in front of me here, one thing I didn't pick up on and I should have done, because you said in terms of the work that you've got coming up, you're also looking at recording oral histories from local five people. Um, and that's, uh, that is, as, we're, as we're on a podcast, that's, uh, I, should have, I should have thought about that one, but that's, uh, that's gonna, that sounds an interesting project. 
Yeah, well, we've been talking with um, Fife Cultural Trust and there's a possibility that there will be some new equipment brought in. So uh, we want to maybe work with them to see how best we can utilise that equipment. So it's not sat in a cupboard, you know, when they're not using it. Um, because we cover the whole of Fife, the other idea, and it's just an idea at the moment, is that once we can get into the other buildings, there's the three local studies officers in, in Fife libraries, and we want to be able to work with them. So we might go to Dunfermline, we might go to Kirkcaldy, you know, for a couple of sessions so mm -hmm. that people can drop in there. Um, and both of these libraries, they also have good reference sections to an access to ancestry. So we would just be moving ourselves. We wouldn't move our archive. So, yeah. you know, we'd be moving ourselves and it would mean that we're more accessible to people throughout the whole of Fife. No, that's really good. And again, we'll, we'll I'm sure, I'm sure, Ali, that you'll keep us posted on those projects so that we can share them through Cooper now with anybody in and around, um, within and around, in and around Cooper, especially. So that's, uh, that will be something that we look forward to. Um, I think um, I've, I've pretty much covered off everything I was going to quiz you about. Um, is there anything else that the society is working on? Uh, again, because there's so many challenges at the moment, is there anything else that you'd like to, to share with people um, just in terms of how they can how they can get in touch at the moment? I think I think we pretty much covered it off. But if there's anything else, then then far away. Well, I think it would be nice to just very quickly say that Zoom has been brilliant because our volunteers are on a rota system and normally you wouldn't meet the person that worked on a Friday morning if you were there on a Tuesday afternoon. We've had some sessions to get them together, but people didn't really know each other. Uh, from the very word go, um, I got a Zoom account up and running and the first Saturday after we were closed, we had a two o'clock Zoom session for all our volunteers and they were so enthusiastic about it. Uh, buying microphones and headphones and all sorts of things to get involved. And we did that for 22 consecutive weeks. We did some mad things, guess the baby photographs. So they'd send them to me, I'd share them in an album. Um, we had a cocktail, mocktail hour, we all dressed up. We had guys in DJs and ladies in black dresses and dangly items and it was fun. Um, and we all agree, it's been a brilliant way to keep us all in touch with each other, but we've all got to know each other. And we've also been able to be somebody at the end of a, a screen for the four of our volunteers who lived alone. So, you know, they had their Saturday Zoom to look forward to. Um, so it's been really brilliant and I'm just grateful at this present time that my broadband hasn't decided to dip out. Yeah, we're, we've been sitting here with fingers crossed, haven't we, thinking let's get through this before before Ali's broadband drops out. So, we're, uh, yeah, but that's 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 for another project for another day. And we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep our listeners posted on some of the work that's going on with uh, with all of that, because hopefully we'll, we'll be able to share some news soon on that. The the uh, the work that society does is is fascinating, I think, and um, it's it's from the times that I visited uh, when I was able to, um, and just just sitting for a half an hour and flicking through pamphlets or newspapers or various things that are all there and the resources that are available. It's a it's an amazing facility, and uh, uh, the the work that's that's done for the benefit. I know we're specifically for, for Cooper, but again, one thing that we found is exactly the same that you found is that it might be an affiliation with, with Cooper or with Fife, but actually that could be with people anywhere in the world because it spreads out through family, friends, work colleagues, whatever it might be. And uh, it is that, it is that you know, pebble in the water and the ripples go out and out and out. And that's, 
it's fascinating to see that that happen. Um, it's been a it's been great to catch up, Ali. Um, I, we'll we'll do another one sometime down the line um, to catch up on on other projects that you're working on. But um, many thanks for being our for, for joining us on this on this podcast. And just to repeat to anybody, um, fifehs.org. Uh, if anybody wants to visit the website and you can search for Five Family History Society on uh, on Facebook and also on Twitter. So thank you, Ali, for, for, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Simon, and for highlighting what we do in the society. No problem. You take care. Thank you.